0: No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: All right, welcome back. Chris Gordy show sports 1280 New Orleans. Yeah, we spent. A good majority of these last three days talking about the trade that went down over the weekend. And now we're waiting to see if there's another trade to come down. The Pelicans will indeed trade the fourth pick prior to tomorrow night for an established player. Or will they just stand put and uh, take a player with the fourth pick? But man, the drama is not over between the Lakers and the Pelicans as uh, Lakers are trying to nudge the Pels and go, Hey, can we push this date back a little bit? We're trying to create max space here. And the Pelicans are going, why the hell would we help you guys out? This trade's done. Joining us now is our buddy Dan Beyer from Fox Sports Radio to uh, shed a little light on this. Dan, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, Chris. How are you doing? Good to talk with you, man. I know you're out there in Los Angeles. Uh, where were you Saturday evening when this news came down? I know we were uh, we were over in Lake Charles go- going to a wedding and uh, getting dressed, and boom—you know—I got the phone alert set up for woes, knowing there's a woes bomb coming down. And boom, there it is: the Pelicans have traded with the Lakers. And initially, at first, I'm like, "All right, come on!" Did they really give in to Rich Paul's demands here? And they sent Anthony Davis to the Lakers after all this this crap. And then I start reading the details and going, "Well, oh my God! All right, well, if the Lakers want to mortgage their entire future to the, to the Pelicans, then I'm all for it." Where were you when you found out the news? Saturday
0: night, I'm a big golf guy, and for us on Fox, it's a big golf weekend because of the U.S. Open, and we were up there Thursday and Friday and, and drove back late Friday night, actually. So I was sitting on the couch, taking in the U.S. Open, watching uh, Gary Woodland and Brooks Kepka do their thing, and all of a sudden, you know, there's you, uh, you get alerts on your phone, and you know when it's a text message, you know when it's something else, and this was, oh, okay, this is going to be something of note. And then to have the trade actually go down was pretty surprising because I actually thought, Chris, it was going to happen at least, you know, maybe today, maybe yesterday, uh, more during the week. But for it to go down on Saturday was definitely surprised because I was in full golf mode at that time. I was <laughs> I, I thought it would be a couple of days away.
1: Yeah, by the way, how good was Gary Woodland? Man, that, that guy played balls out on Sunday. <laughs>
0: yeah, he was, he was magnificent. I mean, the, the whole weekend was great, but, yeah, for – for, on a quick golf note, it's amazing because Gary Woodland was always the guy who was, you know, just thought of as a bomber and couldn't put stuff together. Well, you know what? You put stuff together, and what some feel is the hardest uh, tournament to win. So, kudos to Gary Woodland.
1: Yeah, that. How to, I know you got to be on that golf course not too long ago. Um, the the wind blowing off the water. How difficult is that golf course to play?
0: Yeah, the one thing that I that, that I try to that, that's that's tough to convey, but I think it's the biggest point is is, you know, hacks like myself, I don't even want to call myself an amateur because I think it's it's degrading to the really good amateurs <laughs> out there, but hacks <laughs> like myself, we don't make the purest contact when it comes to iron shots. And if you aren't in the fairway, the, the amount of rough and how that rough can just grab your club, it's, it's different than any rough you may play at your local club that, uh, you know, down there in, in New Orleans or out here in L.A., I mean, it is U.S. Open rough. There's a reason they call it U.S. Open rough. You just don't realize on how much of a penalty it actually is when you hit in that rough. And that's what's amazing. You even saw guys, you saw professionals hitting shanks for the simple fact of the rough just grabs the clubhead. That's the biggest difference to me. I said I, wanted, I want to play pebble now when it's played regularly, not when the fairways are pinched because it's, hard enough to hit those small greens, but the, the, the rough is the, the real issue, I think, when you're going out there and you're playing a U.S. Open course because guys like me just aren't able to handle it.
1: <laughs> all right, I know I, I got sidetracked there a little bit, but I, I was watching the <laughs> golf all weekend, too, so I had to ask you a couple golf questions. Uh, reaction to what the Lakers gave up for Anthony Davis? In your opinion, is it too much? I You know,
0: I, I give them credit for keeping... Kyle Kuzma, and I look at what they're doing, and, I, and I've got thoughts on that. I think that they had to give up a lot for the simple fact of they are trying to save face from the disaster that it's been since Magic Johnson stepped down. And you just needed to get a deal done. People in L.A. knew they were pretty much bidding against themselves. and But you sometimes just, if you want the car, you're going to pay what you want for it. If you want the house, and you know that you know maybe somebody else is interested, you want to make sure that they have absolutely no chance to do so. And and and, and out here, and I know it's probably not a discussion there. The Lakers had to give up a, a significant amount because to to them, Anthony Davis is a long term thing. To the other twenty eight teams that maybe would have been interested, there was no guarantee, but there's a pretty decent chance that he's going to sign long term out here. So the, the simple fact is they had to do it. I do like the haul. I know the, the, the first-round picks are tricky, um, but Lonzo Ball's probably gotten a bad rap uh, throughout his career. I don't know how much Brandon Ingram actually fit with L.A., and I thought that Josh Hart was actually pretty good when, when he played. So to have those three players and then to have the pieces that you know, you've know you got in New Orleans, I think it's a really good haul for the Pelicans.
1: I asked this question yesterday, and it's and it's kind of hard to answer. I mean, I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts what, in your opinion, is the best asset coming back to New Orleans in that trade? Is it Ingram? Is it Ball? Is it the fourth pick this year? Is it one of the future firsts? In your opinion, which is the best asset that's going to New Orleans?
0: Yeah, I still think it's Brandon Ingram. And I, I, I think that when you look at someone like Lonzo Ball, the worst part about looking at Lonzo now is you're still holding him to that second overall pick status. But I'm still doing that with Brandon Ingram, like I still think that there's ability to score and and the the comparisons because of body frame to Kevin Durant probably aren't fair and and there was the 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 uh, blood clot issue that he had at the the end of of this past season that that is you know was of concern, but the point of Brandon Ingram of just being a scorer in the NBA I think is still legitimate. I still think that Brandon Ingram could be a guy that scores eighteen to twenty to twenty two points a game. I'm not sure what was going on in L.A. I know this last season, obviously, of of LeBron coming in, but you you didn't really understand any of their direction. And maybe Kyle Kuzma stole some of the thunder for Brandon Ingram because Kyle Kuzma was the guy that all of a sudden just came in and and ended up being this late first-round steal that everybody loves Kyle Kuzma, and it kind of pushes Brandon Ingram off. But I still think that he has the ability to be that guy. I think Lonzo will be fine. But you just can't look at Lonzo as being the guy who was the second overall pick because his scoring won't do that. His defense, well, his passing will be of value to the Pelicans, but you're just not going to count on him to score like you would hope for maybe a second overall pick.
1: What has been, I mean, I've heard a lot of the national perspective and a lot of the talking heads, they're all super excited, but what, what is the Laker fans' uh, reaction in L.A.? I'd assume the majority of them are excited. Are there any kind of apprehensive saying, oh, we might have given up too much here? Yeah, there's
0: there's excitement because there hasn't been much to be excited about. Um, <laughs> and there's excitement when you know LeBron signed. Everybody thought that was going to be the difference. There is a bit more hesitation now for the simple fact of, they thought they were going to go to the Western Conference finals. They were going to compete for the West just because they had LeBron James. It did not happen. And now you have some questions and there's questions about the front office. And I think that those questions still remain. What is interesting that has never happened before in this city and it is nine million percent of Lakers Congress. I don't want to, I don't want to shade this, but the Clippers and the Kawhi scenario is a real threat. And it's not that it, it's the, – the thing is this, is the Lakers had a, had a downtime and the Clippers were lob city, but were they really an NBA title contender? Well, they never made it to the Western Conference Finals. Close closest they got was blowing that 3-1 lead to the Rockets in the semis. But now you've had Steve Ballmer there for years. You've got stability with Doc Rivers. And all of a sudden you've got this new young core. And there's a younger fan base that's being built among the Clippers. And now if all of us in Kawhi Leonard comes there – it's the first time that I think you could really, really see this team be a threat to the Lakers. They've been better than the Lakers for years, really, because the Lakers' downtime. That's what's a little different in this city is the threat of the Clippers because the Lakers had such a monopoly on L.A. for so long.
1: Man, that would be – I mean, talk about – putting a pin in the balloon. Like, if, if Kawhi yeah. goes to the Clippers, like, you lose all the excitement. And every, I mean, Lakers are still going to be the Lakers, and you're still going to be pretty good with yeah. two top ten players, but, man, does that really take some excitement out of it? Well, you know, it's funny that you may actually have an actual rival
0: because it was True. always a big brother, little brother sort of thing, and that's that's what would be different. And I think that I, I, I've said, and I've said on my shows on Fox Sports Radio, Chris, I think that the Clippers, and I said this a couple years ago, so we're kind of in the midst of it, are really the most intriguing team in the NBA because previously they had an owner that didn't care, that nobody liked, and now you have one of the richest men in the world running an organization turning it around trying to make it a top-notch organization and treating the players and coaches and everyone like they would like to be treated. And to see them turn, I mean, there's talk about the Clippers building a new arena by the new Rams, a stadium uh, down in Inglewood. There, there's been talk about that. So this is a team that could really take on a whole new identity in the next five or ten years.
1: Yeah, and the winner, if all that goes down, is uh, whoever owns the concession stands at, at Staples Center, because there'll <laughs> be a lot more nachos sold there if, if that yeah, happens.
0: Yes, yes, Sports Service is raking it in. <laughs> if they, I don't even know who it is, but I think mean, yes, a- a- AEG
1: is that the that's I think that's the ownership group out there. Yes, yeah. talking yeah. with the. Dan Beyer from a Fox Sports Radio. Um, What do you make of this whole mess that's been coming out the past 24, 48 hours with Bobby Marks and Woj basically saying, look, the Lakers are really trying – they, they kind of messed up here. They didn't realize they wouldn't have room for a full max because Anthony Davis has this $4 million bonus coming and all this. So they're trying to convince the Pelicans to push this trade back a little bit. But the Pelicans are like, Why what reason would we do that to help you guys sign a, a max player and make you guys better? Um, what do you make of this whole mess? Yeah, I,
0: I find that interesting, and I and I agree with your point of, of why would David Griffin and the, the Pelicans want to do anything to to assist them even more, considering the, the history as well. But what this tells me, and this is this is the problem that I have of of what the Lakers are trying to do, is Rob Polinka in the Lakers front office make this trade for Anthony Davis that realistically, Chris. Thousands and thousands of Lakers and Pelicans fans have been putting together for months. Like this is, this is the deal. And the reason I say this is we need, if you're a Lakers fan, you need a front office that can, can decipher through what's real, what's not real, you know, uh, rely on your scouting, rely on what you know to try to build a winner. And what I think they're doing in the sense that I get is, Hey, if we get three Big guys. If we get a couple of max guys, we are going to be fine because everybody will say, "Oh, look at what the Lakers did. Look what Rob Palinka did." To just get the money and throw it at someone is probably the easiest way to build a team when you're the Lakers. It doesn't take a lot of scouting. It doesn't. You just be like, "We'll we'll take uh, we'll take Kawhi Leonard." Oh, he doesn't want us. Okay, then we'll go to Temple Walker. Like they're just going down a list that doesn't take in my mind. Into consideration what you need to build a team, so I think they've got themselves into the situation where I mean I think that whether it's twenty four million if they you know keep the deal or if they can figure out a way to, to to increase the money they need to build around Anthony Davis and LeBron James and strengthen the other spots on that team. You already do have Kyle Kuzma, who probably wouldn't be a bad number three guy in that big three. To add another guy to me just makes the front office. Look lazy, but it makes them look like they did their job because they brought a big three to LA, and I yeah. just don't think that's how you're going you're gonna to win.
1: I'm just wondering how they're going to fill out the rest of that roster because I mean, exactly two, three players yeah. does not make a team, and you know you're going to need some Ooh. other guys there. And, and and one of them, one of them, as you guys know in New Orleans,
0: is not exactly uh, healthy all the time. Right. Another one just missed a month for the first time right. in his NBA career. And you're not going to want LeBron James playing a full 82 game schedule anyway. And now you bring in someone else and look at what one injury does to the Golden State Warriors. But, you know, I mean, you know, at least in their defense, they're like, let's keep the core together to try to win, you know, four championships in five years. Maybe they don't address the needs that they had on the bench. But we saw what happened in the NBA Finals when just one of the guys goes out and now you need other guys to step up and it just didn't happen. That's yeah. what I think could happen to the Lakers.
1: And the scary thing, if I'm a Lakers fan, is seeing all these moves yesterday with Al Horford opting out and Harrison Barnes opting out. All these guys opting out of like twenty five and thirty million dollar deals because they're all going. Hey, I think I can make more than that. If I'm the Lakers, I'm going. My God, like if that's what the market is, we're gonna have to find a bunch of veteran minimum guys to fill out this roster.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and I, would, I would look at the way that the, the league is going as well. I mean, Utah just got better today with the Mike Conley trade. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, Utah's a little bit better. Uh, what you know, we talked about the Clippers and maybe Kawhi. We know that Golden State may take a, take a step back, but we don't know what other teams, we don't know what's going to happen in Houston. You have no idea uh, with the with the situation between Chris Paul and James Harden there right now. So there's yeah, there, there's there's a lot up in the air. But to the, the think that the Lakers are just going to shoot all the way up from a non playoff team in the West to a number two team with Anthony Davis and whoever they add, I think they're they're uh, severely mistaken.
1: Yeah, that's why those Vegas odds start coming. Out. I'm like, okay, come, on, let's relax here. <laughs> like they have two yeah. players. Like, look, like, come on, the favorite's to win it all. Come on, he is uh, Dan buyer from Fox Sports Radio. Uh, Dan, remind me, when are you when are you on now on the weekend? Sundays? I, yeah, I am on Sundays uh, in New Orleans, four o'clock to
0: seven o'clock with Nick Ba. And uh, yeah, so we, uh, we like to hang out. It's been it's been a, it's been a great stretch run from March Madness all the way until. Until now through the NBA, because there seems to be happening something happening on every single Sunday. So it's been a been a lot of fun, and we'll uh, we'll keep you up to date of what's happening there and, and have some fun as well.
1: Uh looking forward to it, Dan. Always good to catch up, man. And uh, hey, if uh, if the Rams want to apologize for cheating in that playoff game, uh, we're more than welcome uh, to hearing that down <laughs> here in New Orleans.
0: I'm just as sick of the Saints fans are. I don't want to see them go. <laughs> it was awful, it was just ridiculous. Uh, good
1: to talk with thanks, you, Dan. We'll, we'll do it again soon, All right, man. Later. Okay, but Dan Byer there, Fox Sports Radio, joining us there, and uh, always good to catch up with him. Uh, last time we had him on was, pre- I think, previewing the NFC Championship game with Saints-Rams, and uh, we all know what happened there. In fact, we don't even bring that game up anymore. It's Chris Gordy show. Uh, quick break here. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up here on a Wednesday. Positive vibes here on a Wednesday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club.